You're now listening to episode 219 of the Big Bang Buzzcast, recorded on August 2nd, 2021. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Nicole. And this week we're going to be talking about the Cooper Nowitzki theorem. Theorem, right? Is that the last? Theorem, yes. Yes. <laughs> Second, I wasn't quite sure on what the last word of the title was but yeah oh, uh, we have we have talked before about how difficult and how long it took me to pronounce paradigm correctly so you well, know at least, at least theorem it. i know i'm saying like at, at least theorem like once we look it up we know how to say it yeah um and we don't have any news for this week but i do have a quick correction um from a couple episodes ago from when we were talking about like the hand blowers versus paper towels I, I, when I was editing, I realized that I had, like, completely misspoken with the Mythbusters, their results, and said the opposite. So what they had found was, it was correct, like, if you used soap and properly washed your hands, there was, like, no difference, basically, between the blowers versus paper towels. But for people who did not use soap, they found that the paper towels removed more germs than the blow dryers did. So, if anyone was confused or just was more interested. That was their actual <laughs> results. And I did link in our show notes um, to their little, the brief summary from that episode, what they'd found, if anyone wants to look into that further. <laughs> but that's yes. my quick corrections corner. As I told you before we started, I was like, oh, I totally noticed you did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just those things that like, and maybe other people too, but it's like when you know what somebody means... You mm-hmm. don't always, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't always stick out to you. Um, like, if I'm reading a Facebook comment or something, and it's someone I don't know, and they use the wrong, they use the wrong there, I sometimes read it the way it's written, and then I have to stop and go back and be like, wait, what are they trying to say? And then I'm like, oh, they meant this there, which has a different meaning. But I have some friends who use the wrong form all the time, but like I just know them so well, or I'm more mm-hmm. familiar with what they're talking about where I can put it together that like my brain doesn't even notice that there was a wrong word used. Yeah. Or like this doesn't happen too often, but occasionally I'm editing an episode and I'll realize that like I completely just said like the exact wrong character's name when I was trying to reference someone else. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I hopefully you can figure out what I was talking about. Yeah, those slips happen. Okay, so on to Cooper Nowitzki. On to Cooper Nowitzki. Okay. So the episode opens with Leonard speaking to some grad students about trying to, like, promote the, like, theoretical physics department, but apparently didn't do a very good job with his Snapple ruining his laser experiment or whatever it was supposed to be. I'm just thinking of at my work how we had one coworker that used to like drink juice standing above our like big machine that we absolutely need for the job. And we're at the point like, come on, like you are registered in this field. Why are you drinking juice over the $40,000 machine? And I'm thinking here, I'm like, Leonard, you have a PhD. Why are you like drinking peach Snapple even in this presentation much less over your laser yeah i did like the little um the added detail of like the laser smoking in like a yes. couple of the shots <laughs> props to uh the prop master there props to the props yeah scott something i think his name was they said oh, his I'm name like, all the time names. at the tapings but yeah good job to him 
And also, it's just kind of, like, interesting to note that, like, this is one of the very, very few times we ever Scott see them, London. like... Yes, that's the name. And the only reason that came to me was because they used to put Penny London on Penny's mail because they mm-hmm. didn't have her last name. And I think it was Simon, but he said the reason that that's on there is because our prop master is Scott London and he's a narcissist. <laughs> you know, I remember the Penny London thing, but I don't think I ever made that connection to Scott London. But yeah. I think it was season two Comic-Con that they talked about that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. But yeah, that's why. Um, oh, I was going to say, this is one of the, like, very, very, very few times in the series we see them, like, talking to, like, students at the university, which is just kind of, like, interesting to note. Yeah, because, I mean, we've talked before about how, like, you'd think it's a university, so they would be more involved with students, but it's, like, what they're doing is so completely different. Um, and so completely separate in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And I've probably talked about this before, but I know that the university that I went to is a very research-based university. And there were a lot of professors where you could tell, like, they had to teach a class in order to keep getting their grant money. And they did not want to be there. They showed up, like, exactly as much as they had to and then had their grad students teach the class the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's definitely something that's like research based doing research at universities can be a good thing. But then there's also that conflict of interest of like the point of a university is to like educate people. And if it's just a bunch of like technical professors doing completely independent stuff, like at that point, you're taking resources away from all the people paying tuition. Yeah. But then if you were like Gable Hauser, would you really want Sheldon around the students? So. I would not. I, I fully, honestly, I think Leonard would be the only one of those that I would, because Raj wouldn't be able to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Howard would hit on him. Mm-hmm. Leonard's awkward, but, like, he, he tries. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine so- Bernadette as a professor. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm going to go back to school just for Bernadette to teach me something. It does not even matter the topic. It does not matter how much she knows on the topic. It would just be such an entertaining class. But she's that not in this episode fantastic. or this season, so I won't get too detracted by that. Yeah. Yeah, so Leonard's presentation goes poorly. Sheldon doesn't even want to present, um, but Leonard threatens him with the comic book store. And as we know from the Euclid alternative, Sheldon very much relies on people to get him to the comic <laughs> book store. Yeah. I love how there's just, like, the little pause after the threat, and then Sheldon just Hello. pops his head out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Sheldon just basically like completely diminishes and talks down to them. Which I mean some people respond to that, mm-hmm. but I would probably ask for my money back. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a way to like motivate people by being harsh that is still much, much better than Sheldon. So also the thing though, when Sheldon says, um, Anyone who told you you'd someday be able to make a significant contribution to science or whatever played like a cruel trick on you. There Mm -hmm. is a lot to that. Like you we know that like our generation, especially I think Gen Z and whatever the next one is, they aren't falling victim to this as much. But like 
we were very much pushed into like, go to college, get a degree. You have to like my house more specifically was you have to go into sciences, but there was a lot of that. And it's like, honestly, the amount of people, the percentage wise of people who actually go on to be experts in the field that they went to school for is very low, but we are kind of taught that that's what everyone needs to aim for. And I would say that it can be considered a cruel trick. I mean, I'm currently doing a job in the medical field. I do not have a medical degree. I'm not doing the medical shit, but like I'm in the medical field and I don't use my degree. I didn't even need my degree in order to do this. They basically, in my interview, evaluated my people skills. They double checked that I knew how to do a computer and knew how to use a computer. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. And my job requirement is high school diploma. And I am working a job that like a lot of people who come in assume I have a specific degree like in that field. And I don't. 90% of the medical stuff I've learned at that job has just been chatting with my coworker who actually does the crazy medical stuff and operates the $40,000 machine while drinking juice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is only one coworker that does this and they have stopped. But well, that is good. <laughs> it was after we were like, stop drinking the juice above the machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like it also kind of plays into like it reminds me like how like our generations have been told like, oh, like you're like soft because you got like all the participation trophies. And it's like, well, who gave us the trophies and told us that like we were always going to like accomplish something, you know, but and honestly, and on the participation trophy front, and I know we're getting off topic and I'm sorry, but I as someone who was good at a couple sports and very, very bad at a couple other sports, I knew the difference. Like, if I got a trophy just for doing it, I knew it was just for doing it. Like, I have never in my life walked around and been like, wow, I'm damn good at karate and softball. <laughs> Absolutely not. Never. To me, I always viewed those trophies as just like, here's commemoration of something you did. Like, I look yeah. through my old bins and I find like I sometimes forget that I did credit or dance I wore a sequined prison outfit and did a jazz routine to jailhouse rock when I was eight years old do you okay? have pictures of this I do have pictures of this um there's also video but you'll never see that so um, <laughs> um yeah like I did that and it's like Obviously, I was able to just pull that out of my memories. But honestly, part of why I remember it is because when I dig through my trophy box, I see, oh, dance, you know, this thing like I did that. And I remember how many years I did soccer because of the little plastic trophy you get at the end of the year. Like, to me, it's more about like remembering you did something just like when I buy ball caps everywhere I go. Like, it's just like, oh, hey, I went to this place. I've been to this place. Like, that's kind of how I view those trophies. But when I got my swimming trophies, I was proud of those because I knew that I had earned those. Now, they were different trophies than the participation trophies. Like, I got, like, winner trophies. But, like, I knew what the difference was. And I didn't grow up thinking that I was good at everything. Yeah. You know, that was just different. But I do like looking through all the old trophies because, one, I like either being like, oh, wow, that was a really good design that year. Oh, wow, who did they let design these? You know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I also just like remembering exactly what I did. Or sometimes they'll have my name and then, like, the name of the team or the name of the coach. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's right. That's what our team name was. Like, it's more about that for me. Yeah, like, I, I, I did, like, soccer for, like, a year but it was really just like a few months so it was like a short season and like I mm -hmm. got like a little like cheap trophy for that 
And it was like, I liked the trophy and I kept it, but I all, I completely knew it was just like a, everybody got this trophy and it was just kind of like a fun thing to have versus like later when I got like academic awards, I was like, okay, these I actually earned and can be proud of. So we knew the difference. Exactly. Like when I find, like when I found my old varsity jacket, I was in my, it's, it's in my closet, but it's in the back of my closet. And I so rarely actually go into my closet because all my clothes are in tubs because I'm disorganized as shit. Um, I pulled it out and like all of those medals were medals I earned. And like, I took a picture of them and sent them to some of my friends, like, LOL, remember when I was good at swimming, I'm not taking pictures of my dance thing and being (laughs) like, remember when I was a jazz dancer? Like, absolutely not. I might send remember when I attempted to be a jazz dancer, (laughs) but like, that was it. But there's stuff that like, okay, so the Olympics recently, the swimming, um, my, we were talking about how um, with lots of heats in swimming, if there's an event with like a lot of swimmers in order to narrow it down to finals, you had heats and there would be seats you would have to sit in. And then after each heat, you would get up and you would move another row up. And we were talking about that, watching people at the swimming, like move closer to the deck as their heat came up. And I said to my parents, I was like, yeah, I was like, it was always really, uh, it was always like a lot of waiting. Cause you know, I was always in the last heat. We don't need to talk about why. And then like launched into my next thing. And my parents started laughing because the last heat were the fastest people. So I'm like, even now it's been 10 years since I've swam. I'll get a little cocky and obnoxious about how good a swimmer I used to be, but not you. You don't hear me talk. You didn't even know about the dance thing until today. I got a trophy for that. You've never heard about it because it doesn't matter. Softball. No karate. Oh my God. I was I was embarrassing. It was a beginner karate class and I still probably failed it. (laughs) Like I could break paper with my foot by the end. And that was like a great accomplishment. I had no coordination. I got a trophy for that. It doesn't mean shit. Yes. Except remembering that I did it. But the karate one is sort of taunting me like, ha, remember (laughs) this. This was so bad. You can't forget it because you have a trophy. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so Sheldon... I mean, kind of has a small point there, but yeah, he still has a whole. Well, he was being an asshole. It's just yeah. like that. It's like that satirical like post. That's mm-hmm. like horrible news. The worst person you've ever met just made a great point. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one of those situations. <laughs> like there's a kernel of truth in there, but still like, yeah, it's still yes. Sheldon. And then I just, I like to note on that opening scene how Leonard is wearing his corduroy suit. (laughs) Yes. I can't remember if we ever see it, like, again after this, but I was just like, oh, he still has it. He probably (laughs) got back and and ran into Penny and she just kind of glared at him and then he got rid of it. Yeah. All right. So then after the opening, there's the guys eating in the cafeteria. Howard is creeping on all the grad students. Like, what's new there? Uh, we found out Sheldon actually made like, one of I'm them. I'm sorry. You're a grad student at Caltech. No one is looking for Howard. Yeah. Even with, quote unquote, winter weight. What the fuck is winter weight in Southern California? You guys don't have winter. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and he says, like, the le- or Raj says the leaves are turning. Like, they, there are very few leaves that turn here, so. <laughs> and there's a bracing chill in the air. Oh, the low 60s. You guys must really be struggling. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it, low 60s. 
maybe high 50s if it's particularly chilly. I remember when it was mid 50s and you sent me that news story where they had the sentence, how long will this Arctic blast last? And they were very <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Leslie so, shows up. Yeah. Leslie iconic sh- queen herself. <laughs> yeah. Shows up with a couple more uh, dumbass comments for Sheldon. And then we meet Ramona Nowitzki. Well, well, first off, I love how she has a good comeback to Sheldon and he just gets, well, you're a mean person. (laughs) But yes, now Ramona shows up. Yes. This is the only fictional character named Ramona that I had encountered since Ramona Quimby. So I kept thinking about her the first time that I watched this. (laughs) When you said, like, fictional character Ramona, my mind also went to Ramona Quimby, like, right before you said her name, so apparently I can't think of any others either. (laughs) I know that there was a Ramona on season one of Survivor. I believe she was voted out fourth. Um, Don't ask me why that random ass fact is in my head. But yes, Ramona Quimby is the most famous Ramona. Rest in peace, Beverly Cleary. Yes. Yeah, so this Ramona says she was at the talk last night. She thinks Sheldon was brilliant. Um, she's read everything she's he's published and gets into a complicated thing I can barely follow. <laughs> so Sheldon calls her an intelligent labradoodle. Howard keeps trying to, like, hit on her despite all of the failures. And it's like, dude, you need to learn when to stop. I just love how blunt she was about being grossed out by him. Like, she wasn't Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, you know, like, she just, like, stares him dead in the eye and calls him disgusting. (laughs) I love it. And just, like, ew. And just moves back on. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So she tries to invite Sheldon out for coffee and then settles on dinner, which she will bring to him at his apartment because she already (laughs) has his address, so. And then Sheldon's just, what a nice girl. I don't understand how Sheldon ends up in, like, uh, in the Bozeman reaction so paranoid about shit. And then in this episode, all these random women have his address and he does not care. (laughs) Well, he's getting free food, so. That is true. I mean, when you think, I mean, they're paying for food. But, like, when I deliver with DoorDash, like, I, which is a sad thing for me at the moment as my car broke down and I can't. But I have everybody's address and... I was telling someone earlier, she had put in the delivery notes, this was last week, oh, call this number when you get into my neighborhood and I'll help give you directions. And I can call through the app. Like, okay, if you use food delivery services, at least in the United States, you don't have to provide them with your real number because there's a feature on the delivery sides app where you can press the button and then the number associated with your account will be called, but it's called with like a randomly generated number. So that way you don't have the driver's real number. The driver doesn't have you, doesn't have their real number. So I let her know when I got there, I was like, hey, like you can take the phone number part of this out if you want. And then you will, no one will ever have your real number in case you ever get someone weird. And she was just like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for telling me that. Like I showed her on the app, like this is what what I see, like you can do that. But I mean, I, we do already have their address, which, but I mean, if you're getting food delivered, you need the address. You can just, yeah. that can just be the most privacy you have to give up. You do not have to give them your cell phone at the same time. Yeah, that's good to know. So maybe all of the, okay, headcanon, all of these creepy women that like Sheldon have delivered food to his apartment and that's how they know where he lives. <laughs> Well, he can't drive himself to get food, so exactly. And He's since Leonard, and since Leonard has been 
you know, uh, you know, he was doing the daytime stuff and the, or the nighttime stuff. And then Sheldon ended up living in the lab. Like he's probably been like, oh, Leonard has been unreliable getting me food the past couple months. So, mm-hmm. you know. All right. So then we have Ramona and Penny, right? Um, yeah. When she shows up at the apartment because Ramona's trying to take the elevator and Penny's just like, yeah, no, that's broken. Um, and then Penny is assuming that Ramona's there to see Leonard, but she's like, oh no, Dr. Cooper. And Penny's just like, Dr. Sheldon Cooper? Tall Sheldon looks Cooper. a little like a praying mantis. <laughs> Here's something that's interesting to me, and it's really little, but if they're going to 4A, they're either seeing Leonard or Sheldon. She was very confident it wasn't Sheldon, but she still asked if it was Leonard because she was assuming it was. And she probably wanted like info like, oh, are you guys seeing each other? Like, oh, what's up here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is it serious? What's going on? Yeah. So that was Penny being a little nosy there. Yeah, definitely. Like, who's who's this uh, person going up to see Leonard? She needs the details. So then I love when uh, when they get to the apartment. And then, like, Leonard, like, lets Ramona in, and then Penny's just like, I need to see this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, like, and then oh, the viewing areas. Yeah, yeah, right over there. Because, <laughs> of course, Raj and Howard are already there waiting, because everybody needs to know what is happening here. And Ramona is pretty quick to be like, oh, you know, like, I didn't bring enough food because I thought we would be alone. Also... And- it alarms me that she was reading a draft of his paper. So it's like he just met her and he's giving her drafts. Like, you would think he would be so paranoid that someone was going to steal his Nobel Prize. True. Where where did she mention draft? Because I, I didn't catch that. When she showed up, she said, like, sorry, I'm late. I was reading the draft of your latest oh. paper. Yeah, either, like, he's giving it to her already, or she's got some other creepy connections, like she got his address, so either way is not good. I'm gonna blame Kripke. (laughs) We haven't, have we met Kripke yet? We have not, but I'm blaming him anyway. (laughs) I think we, I think we meet him in Killer Robot. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, okay. Well, that'll be fun when we get to him. Um, so, Leonard says, like, okay, we were just going... Um, to watch, like, to right. watch. <laughs> and then he's like, we'll be quiet. Um, so then the guys and Penny leave. And then out in the hallway, Penny asks them, what is Sheldon's deal? And do you want to know what my, do you know what my rant about this is going to be? That some people just don't have a deal. Some people don't have a deal. And also, the joke about mitosis I thought was funny at the time. I can still see the humor in it. However, um, one of the things... Um, okay, like, you know how at the start, start-ish start of Wicked, when Alphaba shows up and she does the, like, yes, I've always been green. No, I'm not seasick. No, I didn't eat grass. That whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, asexual people... What that equivalent for us is like, no, we don't reproduce by mitosis. So it's like a stereotype that people get a lot. Now, I don't know, you know, in 2008 or whenever this aired, I don't know how big of a thing that was then in terms of like the conversation, but there are a ton of mitosis jokes or, okay, no, there's one mitosis joke that people try to make in a bunch of different ways. And 
it's just something that like as I've gotten older and as I've realized I've on I'm on that spectrum and all this other stuff I'm kind of like okay I'm not going to say that this was a problematic joke I'm going to say that it didn't age fantastically yeah like the like this conversation kind of stood out to me not more this time watching about like oh like everybody's got a deal like that like well no not really than like it did that I remember like it standing out in the past yeah um I thought it was really funny at the time um especially the sock puppet joke because I know that there's the like sock stuff the joke the things that men will say do whatever but I was picturing it as like him designing like a face with googly eyes maybe on the sock <laughs> puppet. So I I don't know if they were meaning the joke to go the exact way that I took it or if they just meant it more generically, but I always pictured it being like a, yeah. like a yeah, one one of those with like eyes and hair and stuff like that. I like I like your uh version of it there. <laughs> yeah, it kind of I don't really love the image that's in my head, but I do think it's a funny concept. <laughs> Uh, well, like Penny says, okay, well, thanks for the nightmare. So yeah, exactly. Well, especially when Leonard said Sheldon might be the larval form of his species. That's another thing that stands out to me a little bit more now, just because there's a lot of stuff around people who are asexual and aromantic that are just saying that they're like not mature and they're late bloomers and that they'll become, you know, much more sexual people when they're older. And like, sure, sometimes, but you know, you can be, that that can be a separate thing from the asexuality spectrum. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who are heterosexual that, like, I mean, I, I mean, my group of high school friends, okay, the first one, for example, lost their virginity when they were 14. Um, another one was, like, 24. And it was just because, it's it was just because one, you know, was just, I guess you could call them a late bloomer. But, like, that isn't necessarily, they never were asexual. They just were not, they, they just were not having sex until they were 24 and it was fine. Yeah, just Whereas, a different time frame. Exactly. And like, I feel like Sheldon, it was more of, especially when they're like, oh, he has no deal, but then he might eventually, a lot of that long term over like the seasons could just feed into like waiting for the right person narrative or um, could feed into um, believing that like, oh, you'll change your mind about this or that. Just like me with dating. I don't care about dating. Like maybe when I get older, I'll be one of those people that gets married for the first time at 60. But like, Right now, it's not that I'm missing out on anything. It's just like, whatever. And I've definitely had comments made about me that are like, oh, well, you know, maybe like you're just going to like grow up when you're like 30 or something like that. And I'm like, look, I'm an adult. I am mature in every aspect. It's just me not wanting to date people and me. Certainly, I do not want to reproduce and I do not see that changing. That's not an immaturity thing. That's a me thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the thing that, like, even if, like, you decide things do change in the future, that doesn't, like, negate, like, what title you feel fits you best currently. So. Exactly. That doesn't mean anything. Especially when you think about, like, okay, some asexual people are not aromantic. They fall in love with someone. They do sexual things with them. It doesn't mean that they're not asexual because it's about attraction and not mm -hmm. action. And so while I, I agree that Sheldon does have, however they phrase it here, a deal, 
Um, it's not because he's the larval form of a species and he needs to mature. And no, not everyone has a deal. Um, but again, like the mitosis joke, especially like I don't necessarily think that that is a problematic joke. It's just one that as an adult, as opposed to like a 15 year old person who was dealing with compulsory heterosexuality and all of that stuff. Like I found it a lot funnier then than I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there might be people that didn't think it was funny. It just fell flat as a joke to them 15 years ago or however long ago this aired. And then they might find it hilarious now. You know, it's, it just depends. Like this episode, I actually like a lot better now than when it first aired. So, mm-hmm. you know, things change. Yeah. So the guys decide to go over to Howard's because his mom's making a brisket. I also love how Penny, Penny's like such good friends with them at this point, but it's also conditional. Like when they were like, you want to hang out with us? And she's like, well, what are you going to (laughs) do? Like, like I might want to hang out with you guys, but it does depend. Mm -hmm. And then they have the brisket plan. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm busy. I'm busy. (laughs) And then Raj is just little brisket wrap, and I don't even know. <laughs> I, I was like, is that a reference to something that I'm missing, or is he just being weird? Like, I don't know. If it's a reference, I'm missing it, too. So. Okay, tweet us, threesies. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like, don't. <laughs> Which makes me think, even if it's not a reference to something, he's done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then uh, back at the cafeteria, um, breakfast time, uh, Ramona is getting Sheldon's breakfast so he doesn't waste time in line and he can focus on his work instead. I'm just thinking into, what was it, season three? Was it Einstein Approximation where he got so fixated on something that he just was not able to function? And it's like sometimes standing in those lines it's kind of what you need. It's like a break. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, when I'm, like, working on something, I'll, like, take little breaks. Be- like, I, like it's just, I think most people do. Like, you can't focus something, like, 24-7. Right. I was writing a script for another podcast um, a couple weeks ago, and it was getting kind of long and lengthy, and there was, like, some science stuff involved, and there were a lot of numbers, Um and I was, um, that podcast doesn't require, but they do like, cause they have international listeners to convert every time you say feet, convert it to meters, miles to kilometers, like that type of thing. And there was a lot of discussion about elevation and, and wind and all this other stuff. So I was doing a lot of conversions. There were a lot of numbers in my head and I took I took so many breaks. I think I even like took a nap when I was about halfway through because I was like, I can't look at this anymore. And sure, I could have gotten it done quicker if I hadn't taken breaks, but it would not have been done as well. And there's still things I look back on it now and I'm like, I could have made this better, but it's so much better than it would have been if I hadn't taken breaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with this, we're just starting to see like the start of her like taking over his life, basically. But then Leslie pops up again with another uh, comment. What was it? This for Sheldon. Um, she said you're organizing your... The papers, so- yeah, for the Smithsoni- Smithsonian Museum of Dumbassery. Which Ramona has a pretty good comeback. How there won't be any room until they get rid of the permanent Leslie Winkler- Winkle exhibit. And then I loved Leslie's. Oh, I see you got a grad student to fight your battles for you. I'll let you keep your lunch money today. Yeah. 
And Ramona turns it like, if you're going to stay, you'll have to be respectful and quiet. And I like how Leslie just like doesn't even say anything. She's just like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not doing this shit. Absolutely not. Yeah. And then Leonard's just like, oh, yeah, wait for me. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah. So then back at the apartment, Penny walks in with a, some sort of package for one of them. And finds Sheldon in his seat on his laptop while Ramona's giving him a nice little pedicure there. Okay, I was actually just at a salon recently where they were like, oh, when you'll get older, you'll like pedicures, even though you say you don't like them now. And I'm like, no, because like I thought I broke an ankle one time and I went to urgent care and they had to sedate me to touch my feet enough to examine my ankle. I hate people touching my feet. (laughs) So I'm like, this scene is like traumatic for me just because I'm imagining me getting my foot pumiced. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) I can touch my own feet. But if someone else... Oh, we need to get past this. (laughs) (laughs) Penny reference a therapist office with dolls, and I need that. (laughs) Is this the first time we get a holy crap on a cracker from Penny? I I think so. There were two in this episode, and this (laughs) was the first. Yeah. I can't remember if, like, she even says it in any other episodes, but it just she feels like a very... She does and I'm so upset because I love it. It's like, it just feels like such a very iconic Penny line, even though it's like, this is, yeah, I guess the only time she ever actually says it. I actually do see that a lot, though, like, in, like, I don't even know if people know where it came from, but I will see people in, like, travel groups I'm in. Like, someone will post a picture of, like, scenery, and someone will go, holy crap on a cracker, that's beautiful. And, like, I see it so much, and I'm like, is this a purposely Big Bang Theory reference? Is it where they don't remember where they heard it? Is holy crap on a cracker something that predates this episode, and I'm just dumb and don't know? I don't know, but I see it a lot, and I love it. It's it's not something that I remember hearing before the episode, but also, like, my general circle wasn't people that, like, cussed very much, even though that's a very gentle one, mild one. That so. is not a cuss. Not like, but, like, even that is more than, like, people, like, that I generally hung out with would say. Okay. You, they would say, like, oh, my gravy. No, that sounds like a Southern thing. I don't know. Oh, the only person I've ever heard say that is my grandmother. <laughs> oh. Actually, no, there was a team I mean, on like, The Amazing Race that said it, too, but that's been about it. Like, in high school, like, like the people, like, my friends there would, like, cuss, but, like, other than that. My, um, actually, my grandma's big thing was holy cats. She said no. that quite a bit, which I think is insulting to the cat, but okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so Penny quickly leaves, tells Leonard he probably doesn't want to go in there. <laughs> Um, which Leonard does and is also, like, disturbed. (laughs) Uh, he invites, or he reminds Sheldon that it's Halo night, and he's gonna come after he tries his tootsies. Stop! We need to stop talking about the feet! (laughs) Okay. But Ramona says no, um, and quotes Sheldon saying, science demands nothing less than the fervent and unconditional dedication of our entire lives. That sounds exhausting, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, because Sheldon says, how can I argue with me? So Leonard leaves. I like how, like, Sheldon, like, keeps trying to, like, 
like test the limits here because like Ramon is like oh like a t- an intelligent man doesn't waste an evening playing video games and he's like well he does on Wednesdays um or he wants to play I'm actually people. wondering mm-hmm. if she and I don't remember if we got more context on this in when Ramona came back but like I'm wondering how much of this is her actually being like I want to this guy's mind is brilliant and I want to make sure that he reaches his potential because she cares about science that much and how much of it is I want to be in close proximity to this guy. So when he makes a discovery, I can get partial credit for it. You know, I was wondering that at the end of this episode when I was just rewatching it, like what was like her like real, like not quite, I guess, intentions, Fritz. Yeah. Motivations. Like what was her true goal here? Yeah. I was wondering that same. Cause I could honestly see it both ways. Like there are things that I'm really passionate about that I'm like, shit, if I think that this person can achieve this, I am going to do my best to be a cog in the machine that helps them do it. But mm-hmm. you have to be like extremely passionate about it in order to do that. And I don't know. Yeah. I also feel kind of like an asshole because like, I know that part of it, like part of the jokes in this episode is that Ramon is this woman that's like harping on him and being controlling and the montage that they have coming up in the next scene is like related to that. But, you know, I I also feel like that's something that can happen a lot in academia or in anything where you just want to be associated so that you can claim, you can claim that it was because of you. Yeah. Like it could have gone either way here. So, um, Sheldon, he also tries to like watch Battlestar that night or like throws that out there. And she doesn't even need to say anything. He's like, I guess I can wait for the DVD. And then never, ever watch it. And then never, ever watch it. Poor Sheldon. Yeah. And then, then, like you said, we get the little musical montage, which I was trying to remember, like, when else the show does this. There is the, like, um, the one with, to, like, the Rocky theme when the guys yeah. are just, like, staring at the whiteboards. But that was the only other one I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah. And while we're on this montage scene, I just want to recommend again, I've talked about it before, the um, the You're Wrong About podcast with Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall. Um, there's a really great basically what that podcast does is it goes through like misunderstood events, um, media reporting, and then it talks about like how and why the public perception of things is wrong. Um, and then what it did get right. So they'll do things like... Um, uh, I'm trying to think like I think they did one on like Tanya Harding um, they did one on the um, Clinton the, the Clinton scandal the big one um, although they did specify in that that it's hard to call it the Clinton scandal and not Clinton Lewinsky scandal even though Monica Lewinsky doesn't want her name on it um, because there were so many Clinton scandals that you kind of have <laughs> to specify <laughs> but they did a really good episode on Yoko Ono And how the narrative that she single-handedly and selfishly destroyed the Beatles came about. And they talked about a lot of what public perception got wrong about that. And so since I know that this song was very obviously written as a reference to Yoko Ono and John Lennon's relationship, I just want to throw out that podcast. It's a really good listen. I particularly liked the Yoko Ono episode because I knew a little bit of what they talked about, but a lot of it I didn't. 
Um, and they kind of broke down like stereotypes and how like racism and sexism may have factored into like events seeming like bigger in the media than they may have actually been. Um, and it's just a really good one. I listen to them on Stitcher, but I'm assuming that they are in on like all podcast platforms. So if you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, unless on our website, you're wrong about is probably on there as well. And there's a lot of different topics. They do like the Jonestown Massacre. They do Stockholm Syndrome. I'm just scrolling through right now. Um, Lorena Bobbitt, um, the Dingo's Got My Baby story. Um, they do broader stuff like homelessness. Um, yep, they do do Tanya Harding, OJ Simpson trial. Um, there's just a bunch of different ones. And uh, basically anything that you've heard about in the media that's been like a big controversy, they've probably covered it or are planning on covering it. So I just want to recommend the Yoko Ono episode in here right now so that I don't have to get into a long rant and distract from us even more than we already do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting because like, I've just heard, like, the basic, like, oh, like, she broke up the Beatles, but literally, like, I know absolutely none of the details beyond that, so that's something I should definitely look more into at some point, just to have more knowledge about the situation. It's definitely a really good show, um, and they do a really good job. Um, I know that, uh, um, what was I going to say, Michael Hobbs, he used to report for Huffington Post, um, and Sarah is a writer. She's worked for like New Republic, BuzzFeed. Um, they do. Um, I know that uh, Sarah Marshall did a really like long form profile of the Tanya Harding thing. Um, there's there's just a lot of that. Um, I also really like how they do their episode summaries because the name of the episode will be the topic. And then they'll be like in this topic, in this episode, we cover and they'll like mention like random things from the tangents that they go off on. <laughs> so you go into it like wondering, oh, how is all this random shit going to tie into the topic? And it always does, even though not directly. And since I started listening to them, whenever we mention something super random that we probably would never have predicted would come up, I always think if we did our summaries like you're wrong about, that would definitely be on there. (laughs) I feel like that's sometimes how I partially do our summaries. I'll just mention like the random like sidetracks we get into like in our in our discussion we talk about oh yes yep um and i know i think it was 2019 but you're wrong about was named one of the 10 best podcasts by time magazine so um it's definitely a really good one it's kind of informal like ours in the sense that they make jokes and they'll kind of like mention other things and be like oh well you know we know about this they don't get quite as off track as we do but they definitely will there's a lot of pop culture references that type of stuff so um And they have a really good dynamic, those two, um, Michael and Sarah. So I definitely recommend them. And the Yoko Ono episode is a great starting one if you don't want to just start from the beginning and binge it just because it's a really well-known topic. And I feel like it was really, really well done. It definitely taught me a lot. Nice. Yeah, I'll throw a mention of that in our show notes as well, just as a reminder if people want to look it up. And for you, because I want you to listen to it too. Okay. (laughs) Uh, so after the, uh, montage of Sheldon attempting to have fun and Ramona ruining all of it. I do enjoy when he's trying to leave to play paintball and then he sees her coming and runs and then she comes running in and he's just like, got his, he's just like almost naked and he's got the helmet on and she just walks by and picks it up. Yeah. He's like trying to like act casual as he's like out of breath. 
So then we get Sheldon goes over to Penny and asks for her help to get rid of Ramona. Because um, apparently he's in some kind of relationship, which I I know that was a lead into him ta- making comments about how many men Penny's had over. But I just love his apparently I'm in some kind of relationship <laughs> because he has no idea. I also like Penny like specifying like get rid of her how <laughs> like what are you talking about here like what are you granting me permission to do Sheldon yeah what am I getting myself into but yeah he he wants her help um and then very quickly Ramona enters and he asks like hide me I request formal sanctuary <laughs> I loved that and Penny's just kind of like I don't even know what's happening right now yeah. And then Sheldon quickly turns it back on Penny to avoid Ramona's wrath, saying Penny distracted him. Um, and then Ramona has her little heart-to-heart with Penny, <laughs> where she believes that Penny's in love with Sheldon. Um, the but she needs absolute to let him go. incredulous on Penny's face when she said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's just like, oh, wow, absolutely not. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> and then ultimately, Penny just kind of like goes with it to get rid of her. Yeah. Like, oh, gee, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. he's a gift to the world and we can't be selfish. And Penny's like, oh, yeah, he's a gift. And then their little sisters, uh, was it like a pinky shake something? I was like, that's how you like pinky swear. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. But. And then that is our second holy crap on a cracker from Penny. Which I almost think was a better one. Mm -hmm. She looked so appalled and disgusted. (laughs) So one of my favorite exchanges is next. Mm -hmm. When Sheldon is knocking on Leonard's wall. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's Morse code. And Leonard goes, why? And Sheldon goes, so we can communicate through the wall. And Leonard's just like, we are communicating (laughs) through the wall. But it's not encrypted. It's not encrypted. But I can tell you as someone who lives in a kind of creaky house that wakes up at every noise convinced that I'm about to be murdered. um, I wake up more from knocks than from even like little taps i wake up more from that than i do from like people whispering yeah so if i was asleep it would be better to communicate through the wall talking than morse code if the goal was not waking me up i think once i'm asleep not much wakes me up no so either would probably be okay (laughs) I know there's been times where like I've gotten like like when I wasn't like now I know I stay in your sister's room but beforehand when I was in your room I would like get up and go to the bathroom or I would do something and I would walk in and you would be in the exact same position you were in when I left and I'm like how if she rolls <laughs> over I am up <laughs> like so then uh Sheldon decides well he's gonna teach Leonard Morse code at three o'clock in the morning three in the morning letter by letter and then when he says no it's just don't come in here don't come in here don't all (laughs) like how there's just like the little pause of a second first where then leonard realizes his mistake yes yeah yeah so sheldon is now trying to ask leonard for help he goes from the skynet clause of their friendship agreement to the body snatchers clause to the godzilla clause which also, have we heard of the friendship agreement prior to this? I do not think so. 
just like, you know, stuff like like the non-optional social convention, but I don't think that they ever, like, talked about, like, a contract before. Well, also, like, later, like, it's very much like the roommate agreement. And I don't yes, think we hear about, like, a, a friendship fr- agreement. I feel like there was a friendship agreement. Maybe. I could be wrong. It, like, I'm thinking of maybe, because... For some reason, I'm thinking of the episode where, like, that ends with them deciding with they're going to celebrate Leonard's Day. <laughs> like, I feel like it might have come up with that somehow. Maybe. I don't know. Um, and so then Ramona shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sheldon's absolutely panicked. Now, do it. <laughs> That's one of my favorite. No, but Leonard says he can't do anything, not unless she destroys Tokyo, so... Sheldon oh, speaking of Tokyo, so out of luck. did you hear about the bear that, like, wandered into, Olymp- like, on, into one of the Olympic venues? No. I think it was softball. It just, like, showed up and was wandering around. And this is according to, I believe, the Force of Nature podcast. I haven't actually looked this up. But apparently... The Japanese had, like, these, like, robot dogs that they basically just had bark and howl to, like, drive the bear out of the area. (laughs) Which they said was, like, a very Japan thing to do. Like, they're like, oh, we'll just solve this problem with robots. And then it works. That's, like, some sort of sci-fi story right i need to look this up in detail but that's what the, i think it was the force of nature podcast that talked about it but i also I, this episode kind of brings up a really big gray area of like when are you controlling someone and manipulating them and abusing them and all this other stuff and when are you just helping to keep them on track mm-hmm. um like you know, sometimes you're like, look, like, I'll say to you, like, if you see me on Twitter, like, before I do this, like, you yell at me, or, I, or I'll say that to people. And sometimes you really just need help having structure in your life. And you need people to be there to be like, you know, you're not supposed to do this right now, if you want to accomplish your goal. Mm-hmm. And that is a very valid thing that I know a lot of people need. Um, it's just you have to have a way You have to have a way of being able to communicate to that person like this is more than me needing to be kept on track. Like this is my mental health or this is, you know, psychologically bothering me at this point. And then the person that you trust with that needs to know when to back off. Yeah. So I don't want to say that what Ramona is doing like black and white wise is wrong, But it's definitely gone too far and Sheldon has definitely communicated. And the fact that he doesn't feel like he can communicate this to her is also a sign of it being toxic. Yeah. And also I'm kind of thinking like as far as like when is it too far, thinking of like, well, what would the like negative reactions be like if like the person wasn't there to keep you on track? Like if like you need someone there or you're going to like backslide into like drugs or alcohol or something that's a much different thing than like if she's not here with sheldon he's just like oh he doesn't get his work done you know like exactly looking at the overall picture yeah so it's it's definitely a complicated it's definitely a gray area situation Mm -hmm. yeah so then we see after this um, we don't really know how long this has been going on, but Sheldon has reconciled his black hole paradox. 
um, and come up with whatever solution with the science that, again, I don't understand. Here's how I don't understand it. I'm like, you're a theoretical physicist. You're doing calculations. How do you know for sure that this would work? I mean, I'm sure they do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, like, I am not smart enough to understand how they're like, oh, my God, we just proved this thing. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, but apparently it's paradigm altering, so good yeah, job, Sheldon. Yeah, my life yeah. hasn't really changed much since then, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, so Sheldon says it's all due to her. She helped him work it out. Um, we'll skip over the foot mention. How can he repay her? You mentioned it, though. <laughs> Not uh. in specifics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she says, she then here comes down to, would you consider it naming it the Cooper Nowitzki theorem? Um, and he asks, who's Nowitzki? Which- for, I love how his initial response isn't no. It seems like he's down for it. He just needs to know who Nowitzki is. <laughs> like, he's all, oh, who's Nowitzki? I'm Nowitzki. Oh, like, then it's different. Yeah, then no. But yeah, and then, like we said, it's like, I was wondering, like, well, what was her motivation here? Which I don't feel like her later appearances really clear it up either way. Um I don't remember them enough, but I remember not having a light bulb moment of, oh, so I would agree with you just off of that. Yeah. Um, And then she has her little interaction with Penny as she leaves. (gasps) Bite me. Sisters? Sisters? (laughs) Um, I wonder here, before the tag, Mm -hmm. I wonder if Sheldon telling her to get out was more of him being like, this is my breaking point. This is when I stand up for myself. Or if he was like, oh, I finally have an excuse to get mad at her. Because up to this point, he is still kind of viewing it as, yeah, she's interfering with this stuff. But she's also doing it by making solid points about me needing to be focused. Whereas like here, he could be like, oh, this is an actual deal breaker. Mm -hmm. She can't talk her way out of this one. But I'm proud of him. Even though I know people are like, oh, it's selfish. But I'm like, no, I am proud of him for getting himself out of this situation. Yeah, finally standing up. I I definitely viewed it as just, like, this was, like, finally the breaking point that he couldn't, like, just, like, let slide any further. That is probably what it was. Uh, but then we see the cycle start to start over again with another girl, um, saying she read her his paper and it took her breath away. Um, and I... I know there was a point in my life where I was that important, where I was that excited about science, but it was so long ago and my brain is just so dulled from the depression that I cannot relate to this anymore. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I've read anything that I would say, like, took my breath away, so. I think, I mean, I think that they mean it in this show as, like, a relationship metaphor but like to me it's more like I read something and I'm like oh my god this is such a good point this is so well explained and it's more of like an adrenaline from learning I don't think that that's how these people mean it but like the basic sentiment I understand yeah just like more of an adrenaline it's more exhilarating yeah. yeah yeah but so she is gonna bring over pizza for him and she also has his address are, like, these grad students just, like, passing around his address? Or, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Ramona was pissed at him and doesn't like Kathy for some reason. And so she's like, oh, you know what you should do? Kind of, like, sicking Sheldon on him. Mm-hmm. And Sheldon just like, yeah, I'm getting free pizza. I'm on a roll, so... 
Here's the thing, though. He could just finesse that into constantly getting free meals and then not letting it go farther. He, I, I don't know if Sheldon could handle that balance based on how I we saw him handle. I know that Sheldon and finesse are not usually uh, words that are used in the same sentence, but like I know there was like a ton of stuff which you can. I know there's adult like versions of this that cost money, like timeshare presentations and stuff, but like. I don't know if you've seen this meme, but it's like grad students when they find out there's free food at an event. And then it's like this person like dancing toward it. Like, oh, I'll be here if there's free food. Like there was a ton of stuff that they were that my professors would be like, oh, if you're interested. And I'd be like, yeah, totally. And I'd like go there and go there and eat and then not network at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I could see Sheldon just or someone else a little smarter. Um, I feel like Raj could really get away with this. I feel like he'd be pretty good at it if he could talk to them. But just keep on getting the food. Yeah. Respect the hustle. <laughs> yeah. So then we have the the ending tag uh, with the mitosis joke. You know, I realize like every time like I like I remember that this is the tag but I always forget that it was Leonard's dream. I always think it's Sheldon's and I don't know why. I don't think of it. I don't think I just like forget it's a dream period. I'm just kind of think of it as like, oh yeah, like a weird thing that they did in a tag. Like, Oh, I I guess kind of like the, like, um, like the weird Sheldon cafeteria thing, how it was just like, like it felt like a, um, okay. Yeah. Like a themed type of weird ending. Like I kind of view it like that. Like, oh yeah. Like they did like a weird one-off, tag it's like oh no like it was a dream like so it still like fits in you know Um, what the worst tag ever is what the end of the einstein approximation where they just like copy pasted the stupid ball pit shit Mm -hmm. like they thought it was so funny that they were like we're just gonna put more of this in come up with something i mean it almost makes me wonder if like there was other stuff in the episode that for whatever reason, they felt they had to cut, and they just, like, ran out of, like, content for the episode, and they had to do that to have enough runtime. That is possible, or for some reason, like, what they wrote, like, the editors were like, you can't air that, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. there was, at the start of whatever season of Friends started airing, like, right after 9-11, um, Chandler yeah. was making like those terrorism crashing planes jokes, and yeah, they, had to, like, they ended up rewrite that. Yeah, they just completely and like they had already filmed it and everything, and because they would have started filming in August, um, and they just ended up like cutting it and either changing it or just really weirdly cropping it. I don't remember, but they got rid of that entire thing. So I'm also wondering if maybe like there was a joke that the tag relied on that for some reason, like after filming it, they were like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. We're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously not something to the 9-11 scale, but like sometimes like, you know, I'll make like you, you know that like I've made jokes on here before and then I've like texted you later being like, edit that out. I don't like that anymore. So it might have yeah. been it might have been a case like that. Um, I don't know. But that's not this tag. But anyway, this tag, I know that I always know it's a dream, but I always think it's Sheldon's dream for some reason, which doesn't make sense because that would be Leonard's nightmare. (laughs) But um, whenever Leonard wakes up, I'm like, oh, right. This was Leonard. No, I just like I think of like the tag and then like in my memory, it just like ends after he splits and people are like looking at him surprised. And then it jumps to Leonard. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So that's the Cooper Nowitzki 
theorem or the Cooper theorem, as we know it ends up being called. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like I was saying right before we started recording. It's not one that's like, oh, I'm like uh, excited to watch this one. But like when I do watch, it's like, oh, yeah, like it's got its good moments. So, yeah, um, I I had started saying before we started recording and stopped myself. um, I like this one better than I did. When it first aired, which is interesting because I just ranted about how a couple jokes I do not like as much. Um, but mainly back then in season two, like I was still against like I was what they would call a Sheldon purist. I was against him getting into a relationship because I felt that it wasn't him. It also may have been a little baby asexual that, you know, wasn't aware that she was seeing representation. And that was why she wanted it to stay. But, you know, as we all know, I love Amy. I love Shamie. But it was really the way that they did it. Um, I, I enjoy Shamie because of the way it was handled. I think that there were a million ways that they could have given Sheldon a girlfriend and ultimately a wife that I would not have liked. And if they had started a relationship with him and Ramona, it would have been done in a way I didn't like it. And so I think part of why I didn't like it was, again, we had talked a couple weeks ago about how you know, my mom had conditioned me to think that like, oh, all these characters and sitcoms, they just have casual sex with each other all the time. I was like, oh, Sheldon's just going to randomly get into a relationship with this girl because har har, everyone has a deal. That's what everyone said. I guess I did have a problem with everyone has a deal even back then, but I didn't really know why and I wouldn't have been able to flesh it out. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't like it because I thought that they were just, oh, he's a fictional man. So of course he's going to get a girlfriend. And I thought that that's where it was going for like the first half. So just like when I thought Raj and Penny were going to sleep together in the Griffin equivalency, I was just kind of uncomfortable. And even after this episode aired, I was still wondering, like, is she going to come back? What are they going to do with this? And then once he was with Amy, I was like, okay, I am okay with this basic thing happening. It just needed to happen in that way. And Ramona was not the right way to do it. So I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, I can't remember, like, at all what my first impressions of this episode were, but I don't think it was, like, I had those similar concerns. But then again, like, I'd seen the rest of the season prior to this episode, so yeah, I knew she wasn't around. Um, And then also, and by the like, time they brought her back, I wasn't even worried. Yeah. And I was just gonna also mention really quick, I'm sure we brought this up when she came back with the later episodes. Um, but, like, it's just worth mentioning again. So, like, the actress who played Ramona um, is in, like, a comedy duo with the actress who played um, Lucy. And then they also wrote the uh, the Bernadette song, If I Didn't Have You, which yes. is still one of my absolute favorite things. So, if you like that song or if you just like her in this episode... Um, you can look them up and find more of their stuff. What was that one? that it was, a, was it their Super Bowl song? I think I really liked that one. Um, I don't yeah, remember. They're they're really good. I like them both. Um, I like how the show did so much to kind of like it was kind of like a keep it in the family thing. Like mm-hmm. they would cast people and then use their other talents, or like the Yoko Ono song is "Bare Naked Ladies," so they kind of kept coming back to the same people. Yeah, yeah, that's very nice to see. Mm-hmm. Or just like bringing them like back. Like this is like season two, and she came back, and it was what like season ten or something. Like yeah, season nine or ten. I don't remember. I think it was ten though. Yeah, like bringing people back like that, or just like Zach throughout the whole series. Zach, okay, I freaking love that. I also think that we're partially responsible for cinnamon, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Zach was one. Zach 
Actually, not exactly. Because I was going to say Zach was kind of like Janice on Friends, where like you just get excited when they pop up. But with me, with Janice on Friends, when she first showed up, I was like extremely annoyed by her and didn't like her at all. And then by the time I got to season 10 and she pops back up one more time, I was like, Janice, I thought we'd never see you again. <laughs> like she grew on me so much. Whereas Zach, like his very first line, I was like, amazing. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I guess that I, I didn't see this until recently, but um, Andy had DM'd us on Twitter about uh, United States of Al. And he said that Brian Thomas Smith was either in it or recurring or something like that. And that's not a show that I'm personally, like, super intrigued by, but I do love that they continue to give him work. Yeah. Because he's just great, and he definitely deserves to get all the jobs that he wants. Yeah, just nice to see them continue, like like you said, like, keeping it in the family. Keep working exactly. with the same people. Yeah. 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 So that will wrap up this episode. Um Next up is Panty Pinata, which we're both very excited to talk about. We're both so so excited about it. We're taking a recording week off. I'm going to be out of town, um, but we did did a bunch to get a backlog, so you guys won't miss anything on the upload schedule. But we are coming into Panty Pinata off of a rotation off, which means we are going to be, like, refreshed for it. And we are both already looking forward to it so much. So we'll try not to get off track too much and just talk about that. Yeah. So that should be a lot of fun. It will. Yeah. But so as always, if you guys have questions, comments, suggestions, uh, you can email us at podcast at thebigbangbuzz.com, leave a comment on the website at thebigbangbuzz.com, or tweet us at thebigbangbuzz with three Zs. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.